Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hi there, Mike Kapler with Mr. Joel Brzezinski. That's me. me. Hope you're having a good one out there. Joel, I, uh, I've got this desk calendar somebody got me. It's a Peanuts Charlie Brown calendar oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that um, you can keep using it year after year because it's just got the date, not the day of the week on there. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So, yeah, it's not just uh, for 2022, for example. It's You can keep using it. Well, I got one here. It was mid-October. Um, so picture this. Uh, you got Linus. Charlie Brown and Lucy all kind of sitting down, leaning on the trunk of a tree and Snoopy over there off to the side, leaning on a rock. And Linus says, if Jesus had owned a dog, what kind do you suppose it would have been? Charlie Brown. I don't know. Maybe a border collie. Lucy. I'll bet the dog would have had a good life. Snoopy. Unless he got tired of walking around in all that sand. that's a good one Uh, i'm a i'm a big snoopy fan i mean i think he makes the strip but uh yeah yeah me too we just what did we do um and we subscribe to some i forget which streaming service but they have a new a 3d peanuts and i haven't watched it yet but my wife is intrigued by it because she's a big (laughs) peanuts fan and so am i so I'm sure we'll watch that sometime. See what that's all about. See if it's. It seemed like it remember. was the same oh, episodes ahead. that were, you know, the 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 2D episodes that are redone from a snippet we saw. It seemed, oh yeah, I remember this, uh, but maybe with some extra added effects and all that. Back Should in the, um, I guess this would have been, you know, around 1990ish or so. Our, our oldest daughter was was small, and she got sick, and so she was kind of down for the count, laying on the couch the whole time. And and she was uh, big into, back then, and they would have been videotapes of Charlie Brown. Uh, we just had, you know, was, I don't know where we were getting them at. Mm-hmm. But we were mm-hmm. having these, we had these Charlie Brown videos, and she'd watch them. I don't know if they were, you know, I don't know if they were like 15 minutes a piece or what they were, but, and and um, she'd seen them all. I had to, I remember going out trying to buy I don't know if we got them from a video store or what, but you could buy them somewhere. I was driving around trying to find Charlie Brown <laughs> peanuts videos so she could, you know, watch them while she was sick. But, uh, well, and, and she still loves them to this day. You know, of course, cause a lot of times you're brought up on things that it just sticks with you. Yeah. It's better than what my kids were brought up on that SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> well, they watched that too a little bit, we did, but, you know, I, we, and a we parent did, can only do so much. It, it grew on us, but the, it was, um, my son's first birthday, I think it was, and his babysitter. So the daycare provider, he would go for, um, half a day and, I think it was his first birthday. Maybe it was his second. But anyway, um, she got him a uh, a SpongeBob tape. And I think it had five episodes on it. And, and we're, <laughs> it, we had never seen it before. And we're watching it going, oh, my good. It, it was kind of culture shock to us because it was different than Peanuts. You know, it was different than what we grew up on. 
And uh, like I said, eventually it grew up on us, and we'd laugh and laugh and laugh watching it. But at the time, it was like, okay, it was a little different. But, <laughs> but it, it all changes. You know, our granddaughter... I think somebody tried to introduce her to SpongeBob, and she just didn't want any part of it. SpongeBob weirded her out, so <laughs> she's into something else. Yeah, so I, then my, I think my son, at his uh, 16th birthday, maybe 18th, I can't remember which one it was, he and some friends and, and my daughter they got together, and they watched this SpongeBob tape that he had gotten, and so they reminisced and remembered all the episodes throughout the years that they had seen. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of things that are new and different, <laughs> no, besides, yeah, peanuts is kind of old covenant. Is that what you're saying? I, no. I think that that sounds like blasphemy. And I was going to say, but but in a different way. <laughs> because I mean, look at it this way: peanuts, they're, they're, they'll make us a fisher of men. I mean, Paul said some planter and some water. Anyway, peanuts jokes. Okie dokie. Yes, Fisher Peanuts. Um, new, new Covenant. New Covenant. God is good, and he um, knew that the people would fail. And so from eternity, I believe, he had planned this, or at least before the foundation of the world. He had planned what he was going to do. Uh, he, he knew that when he gave this, this old covenant, uh, specifically to a group of people, he knew that they would fail. And he planned this sacrifice of Jesus that would come, the blood of Jesus that would be shed for many for the remission of sins. That was planned before the foundation of the world. And God uh, did this, again, knowing that when he gave this first covenant, 1,500 years before Christ, um, the people would agree to it. They would say, we'll do this. This will be righteousness to us. He knew that, eh, not so much. You know, they, they, they might have all these good plans to, to follow through with all these 613 commandments and ordinances and regulations that will go along with it, but it's going to fail uh, because the people will fail. I will find fault with them. That's what Hebrews says. God found fault with the people, so this new covenant was needed. And so the question is, is this new covenant going to be only for the people of Israel, based upon the wording of something that is said in in Hebrews, quoting from the Old Covenant, God will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Um, so we talked about that last time, and we brought up some words of Jesus, some words of Paul, that, that show that the Gentiles have been brought into this thing. Uh, because some people, there are some people who will say that the new covenant is only for Israel, and that they have a separate gospel. There's a gospel for Israel, and there's a separate gospel for the Gentiles. Paul was sent to preach the gospel of the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles, and Peter and the others were sent to preach the gospel of the circumcision. So they they believe that because of the wording, and basically in the King James Version, that there are two different gospels. But there's actually, there really is only one gospel, and it's for both Jews and for Gentiles. Ephesians 2 really brings this out. Paul talks about, in, in verse 11, Remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, because in Israel, under that old covenant, 
circumcision was required. And so the Jews were, came to be known as the circumcision, and they called the Gentiles the uncircumcision. It was kind of a, a not-so-nice term. Um, we're, the, we're the ones that have this great uh, covenant with God, and they were kind of you know high and mighty about it and looked down upon Gentiles. Gentiles were called dogs and not worthy and you know, all kinds of things. So Paul says, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, the commonwealth, you know, the citizenship, the everything that had to do with Israel, you were aliens from that. And strangers from the covenants of promise, all of these things that God had promised, the Gentiles were aliens and strangers from that, having no hope and without God in the world. Can you imagine being a Gentile back then? This is, this is you can live your life, and you, but it's going to be without God. You have no hope. You're without God in the world. But now, Paul says, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, again, the Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Well, what happened through the blood of Christ? Jesus said, this blood is the new covenant. Again, I I quoted from Matthew 26 last week. Let's do Mark 14. And he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant. So the blood of Jesus is the new covenant. And Paul says, you Gentiles, you were once far off, but you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. And it gets even better, and then I'll bring you back into this cat, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one. Both who? Both, what do you mean both? Both Jew and Gentile, both the uncircumcision and the circumcision. He has made both one. One. It's one body, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments. We've talked about this, uh, containing ordinances, so as to create in himself, and this is what we want to focus on, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body. I'm emphasizing one because that's important. One body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. So, uh, and he came and preached peace to you who are far off and those who are near, for through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Is the, a theme there that Paul is talking about. Jew and Gentile in Christ have become one. There's not a gospel for the Jews and a gospel for the Gentiles. There's not a covenant for the Jews and something else for the Gentiles. Uh, in Christ, it's one one gospel, one body, one baptism, Paul says, you know, baptized into Christ, not a water baptism, but it's all one. Both have been made one. Hmm. It's hard to top what you just said there. I mean, that explains so much. It reveals so much information about the old way, the Jewish people under that first covenant, the rest of the world, over 99% of the world, who had no covenant and no hope. Uh, they had no covenant, uh, kind of like what we talked about last week. There was going to be a new covenant established with the house of Israel, but it wouldn't just be exclusive to the house of Israel like the first covenant. Very different covenants we're talking about here, uh, as the writer of Hebrews said in, in chapter 8. And and Paul uh, alludes to some of this in um, Galatians throughout the book, of course, but in, in chapter 2, he points out that there were Jewish people, and he names some names, by the way, but he points out that there are people who seem to be pillars, who seem to be something, 
when they were really, really weren't necessarily everything that he thought that they were. Now, you can understand where the Jewish people would have been looking up to some of these uh, apostles and considering them pillars, but Paul said they just seemed to be pillars. And they were reaching out to Paul saying, okay, uh, we've agreed that you can go out and preach this thing to the Gentiles. You do that, and we'll stay here and minister to the Jews. So there was this and, and some people thought this was all a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they, you know, the right hand of fellowship and all that. But Paul would keep on talking here and he would go on to explain that look, Jewish people get saved in the same way as non-Jewish people, apart from the works of the law and by grace through faith. There is no difference. And so the this this separation factor that was still part of the mindset within that culture was 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 very evident until Paul started, again, uh, him and Barnabas and some of his other uh, people that were traveling companions with him, they would start hitting the gospel into many more Jewish communities and and spreading this um, throughout that region. So it's not a good thing for, um, but we understand why it happened. Imagine um, being told by somebody like Paul that the law has been completely put aside uh, that Mosaic law that was held so near and dear in that first covenant to the Jewish people. And now you got this guy coming along saying, I've received a revelation about the gospel. And uh, a part of this revelation is Jew and Gentile together, law torn down, put aside, abolished. It's now obsolete. Those things, that, that's kind of stuff. Imagine the kind of stuff that Paul was saying like that. Imagine how difficult the transition to that would be. Are you really sure about this? I mean, it seems kind of iffy. It uh, feels, feels like a risk here for us to come to that kind of a mindset. But Jewish people, you know, back at that time, even Jewish believers I'm talking about, uh, would have this, this mindset that they were still the chosen ones, that they had a superiority compared to the Gentiles, even though people like James and others would concede that uh, they could be saved. You can preach the gospel to them. They don't have to follow the law like we do um, because they were never under it to begin with. Uh, And, you know, Gentiles couldn't enter the temple. They had to stay outside the synagogues, although they could listen outside if they wanted to hear the law being read. Um, So this was all a big part of the culture. Paul was trying to bring Jew and Gentile together into Christ because, as as he said, there's really no longer, spiritually speaking, there's no longer Jew or or Gentile, male or female. Uh, We're all one in him. Right, exactly. It's a one. One body and one gospel. And wrapping it up for this one, I know that some people will um, then say, well, you know, I had mentioned Ephesians 2. Well, what about Ephesians 3, where Paul talks about a dispensation of grace for the Gentiles? I see that a little differently, and I'll get into that next time. Really, what Paul is saying is that there is a, the, the word dispensation there really means stewardship. Paul was given a stewardship. He was made a steward of a message that he had received directly from Christ to give to the Gentiles. This dispensation wasn't a dispensation of grace for the Gentiles. It's a separate dispensation than something that Israel had given. It was actually a stewardship that Paul was given by God to present this message that Gentiles have been included in the gospel. 
that we'll talk about that next time and a few more things right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.